Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And a pleasant good evening to you and yours. Welcome to Crown Corner on this sixth day of July, 2022. Willie P, Jessica Charman here with you as we hope you enjoyed the weekend that was for Charlotte FC. A mixed week overall. They did lose to Austin at home, but they get, I think, one of their biggest victories of the year. Their first home, uh, their first road victory in MLS play over Houston Dynamo. And right now I feel like that's the kind of victory, not based on just on the way they played, Jess, but the way that I feel like the the vibe is around the team, that they can have this thing start something very special for the crown here after what we saw on Sunday night. Definitely. I think it's really interesting. We mentioned on the broadcast, and a couple of people have quoted me since, about the Anton Walk statement midweek before this match. And he talked about his experience at Atlanta United and how important it would be to find a run at some point in this season if we're really going to be in contention for playoff spots. That run had to start with an away win. It had to start with getting that monkey off of our backs, being able to kind of just see that we can win on the road, that we're not going to throw away points. And when I look back at the match, as much as it was frustrating to concede in the last 10 minutes, there was something very special about the fact that we clung on to that 2-1 lead because it was a nitty-gritty result. I think that we should have won comfortably. I think we were way better than Houston. We should have put the game to bed with chances. But when the game was at 2-1, It took some resilience to stay in that one. There were a couple of squeaky moments, I'm not going to lie. And there were a few moments where I was just thinking in my head, please, please don't let it happen again. And it didn't. For once, we were able to put the game to bed with our defensive play. I think we have to shout out Sergio Ruiz, Brant Bronico, and the tactics of Latanzu as well, as we mentioned in the game. That wasn't just a victory by the players that participated. That was a Christian Latanzio victory who had probably been outcoached in the previous game against Austin, we were kind of critical of his reactive substitutions. Sure. He reassured us in the game on Saturday, that he, or Sunday rather, that he can make the right choices and that he's the right man to take the helm at the moment. Yeah, those of you watching on YouTube saw the uh, the stat sheet, 14 shots for Charlotte FC against 10, and, and there could have been even more just based on the way that uh, the way that they played that contest. Uh, only four of those were on target. So Charlotte FC, once again, having the issue with, with getting shots on frame. But I also think, too, Jess, you know, you mentioned Sergio Ruiz. I don't know if he's got enough praise outside of us for the way that he played in that contest. Uh, we saw a much different version of him on Sunday than I think we'd seen at any point. We're going to talk to him about that coming up later on on Crown Corner. Charlotte FC's first ever signing will join us coming up later on in the program. He and Quinn McNeil played a kind of consistent midfield that I know we've seen moments and flashes from Bender and Ortiz and that partnership together and, and other individuals throughout the season. I feel like the best collective attacking midfield play we saw Overall in this season was what we saw Sunday between Ruiz and the rookie McNeil who played in his first MLS start on Sunday against Houston Dynamo. I don't think it was just attacking. I think it was midfield as a whole. I thought the link-up play between the three of them, considering that they hadn't played together before, they looked brilliant together. I was really impressed with McNeil's physicality. I think Ben Bender has done a very good job in moments, but his physicality has been an area that I've questioned in moments, just going down a little easy, not having that strength in the challenge. McNeil was a step ahead with that physicality. And I, what I've mentioned that I loved about Bender, uh, rather, what I meant loved about Bronico 
and Ruiz was the fact that they had almost a double pivot involved at times where sure. one would go forward, one would sit back. They were very organized in allowing coverage. And a lot of people have mentioned that they've started to see Bronico going forward, particularly in this match. I think a lot of the fact that Bronico was able to get forward and enjoy himself pushing up the pitch was because he trusted who was behind him in Sergio Ruiz. So really impressed with the way that worked. The other reason I think Bronico could go forward was because our wingers offered a lot more defensively than maybe we've seen. Really impressed with Jordi Reyna, not just on the offensive end with his crosses, but also the work rate going back. And listen, I know that Juzviak can't mm. score or hit a barn door at the moment, but we have to give him some praise for his work rate. He got back and defended a lot. He's starting to find some connections. And I really think that both him and Svidersky just need a goal to start believing in themselves. It just looks like their body language when they're going forward doesn't quite believe that they're going to score. Yeah, I, I don't want to to come like uh, soft on these two guys, but I do feel like we we owe our two Polish DPs a little bit of grace here uh, with Sviderski and, and Juzviak because I do feel like we did see a step forward in that contest against Houston. We saw more of the creation and the ideas we saw uh, a couple of times also. And, and I think Scott mentioned it too in our comments, you know, Jordi Reyna, I think it was a big, big part of that because I do feel like there have been times where uh, on that off wing of, Shin, of, uh, of Carol Svidersky, we haven't seen the, the good enough service. We actually saw great tandem service from both players. And you also, I feel like you need somebody on that wing who has the option to either beat somebody one V one or also duck a cross in for Svidersky. He had that one-headed uh, attempt cross that went off the crossbar or went off the uh, the right side of the post, I should say. Uh, that's something and, and, a, and a chance for Svidersky that we haven't seen come through in the last couple of weeks. Everything else we've seen from Carroll has either been from the dead ball or created himself by a 1v1. So I do feel like it's a, it's a thing of, of getting him more opportunities and getting him more uh, chances going forward. But I do feel like, like you said earlier, I understand that there are folks who are frustrated with both of them playing, and it, it doesn't get lost on me that after Carroll gets subbed out, we get that second goal from Andre. But, but I do feel like, like I said earlier, those guys do need a little bit of grace because we've seen Svidersky have great moments earlier on in this season, and I, we know that Josviak is capable of much, much more, and he's showed as much, at least in the lead-up to the final product on Sunday against Houston. Listen, I think some of the misses were unforgivable. It's as simple as that. That's something we have to work on. I think for Juzviak, it's been on multiple occasions now where he's missed results and that they could have been very punished by the opposition. And against sure. the stronger side, I think we would have been punished for those misses. However, like you say, Will, he contributes in other ways on other ends of the ball. The work rate is there, which is what you really want from your players. In terms of Reyna, he offered a variety of service. And I think that's what really stood out for me in terms of the balls into the box. We've seen a lot of driven balls. We've seen a lot of cutbacks. We've seen a lot of balls that went into the six-yard box. Rayner offered a diverse style of crossing. He was floating the ball in. He was making it easier for the control. When I look back to the goal, we scored the first goal. It's a floated ball in. And because he floats it, it gets to Juzviak on the back post. It's easier to control because it's not driven at him with pace. He cushions it. He was selfless. He looks up. And because of the positioning of both Juzviak and Karas Federsky, an own goal is scored. But as far as I'm concerned, yes, it was an own goal. And, you know, there'll be no credit for Karas Federsky. But if he hadn't been in that aggressive position in the box, he doesn't get it. And then for, uh, for Shinyashiki, look, a lot of people will question why he's dropped. Well, let's be honest. It worked. He was motivated. He came on trying to prove a point. He had a horrific miss as well. But we forgive him because he finds the back of the net. No one is focusing on the Shinyashiki miss because he scored. And that's the nature of soccer, unfortunately. We have short-term memories, and it just doesn't sit right with me that we can criticize one player's misses, but not another. I think mm -hmm. as a whole, our forward line is getting into better areas. We look at that stat sheet. Yes, there's an issue. We're only hitting four out of 14 shots on target. That's not good enough. But at least now we're getting those 14 shots in a game. And we'll get it to Andre and the Sweet 16 moment from him uh, for the second goal of the match. But a lot of the focus in the outset of the contest was you and me. The the look that we had when uh, I believe I said on the radio it was like a hairy eyeball. It was very much raised when it came to the way that uh, we looked at the lineup coming in. But Christian Latanzio was validated and he thought to say as much after the contest when speaking to reporters after the 2-1 win Sunday over the Dynamo. 
I think we have the, I have the right until the end to judge and discuss with the, with the staff with the lineup that we think deserves or that will give the chance the best chance to our football club to win a game. And so, um, I mean, what I said, it was, uh, I think it still stands because Andre came on and scored a goal. So he, he contributed a lot. Again, uh, I want to mention not just the players that started, that did a great job, but also the one that comes on, that even if they come for a few minutes, they make, they make an impact and a difference. And I feel like that was the biggest difference in this match when it came to Latanzio. He was far more proactive in the substitutions. We saw him make changes earlier than we're used to seeing. Jordi Reyna probably had five more minutes in his legs, but Latanzio chooses to sub him out before it gets to the stage where fatigue has stepped in so much that he's no longer productive. And those are the kind of substitutions I want to see. I want to see substitutions before they're necessary because it's the right thing to do. I also love the adjustment of going to a back five in terms of game management. And that's the flexibility that it allows when you have Fuchs, Walks, and Guzman Corujo on the pitch. You can bring on Joseph Moore and you can move to that back five. And I'm really enjoying the back four that we started with as well. I think keeping Walks in the lineup is a great decision because of the communication and that relationship that he's building with Guzman Corujo. But you obviously don't want to sit your captain. So I think it's win-win. It's tough luck for Joseph Moore, quite frankly, because I don't think he's dropped through any uh, mistakes of his own. But you've got to keep Fuchs in the lineup and really liking how this unit's in building. And as I've said time and time again, you want to keep as consistent as a back line as possible. And that's what Latanzio is now doing. Anton Walks is the most important player of the Latanzio era, in my opinion, because he has not only forced a great relationship between Walks and Carujo, but it's also put Christian Fuchs back in his more reliable position. And the other part of this too, Jess, and I don't think we've talked about this part of it enough, is that that Walks is is comfortable joining the rush and moving forward so that you know you're not having Christian Fuchs have to go up there on his own as a left back. You know, he's not having to cover as much service. So obviously you love to see Christian go forward and, and have his service and delivery, which we've praised ad nauseum throughout this season. But I do feel like there are times where they're they can keep Fuchs back. And, you know, we even saw the substitution that was made to go to a back five, which gave Charlotte FC and Fuchs a little bit of time to, to keep him at the back and not force him as much forward. So as a result, you're able to, to not be counting on Fuchs to play 90 minutes at left back at 36 years old. I know that I'm not trying to talk out his age, but it does give them the ability to, to conserve him a little bit more. And walks as a leader. I think that's the biggest thing for me. The biggest component of his game is that he offers that composure, that leadership, that accountability that I think was perhaps missing at moments in this match. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we're seeing more cohesiveness between the goalkeeper and his back line. We're seeing more cohesiveness between the midfield and the defence when Anton walks is in the pitch. I think it's just the way that he steps up into that leadership position and he directs traffic from the centre-back role. Andre Shinyashiki spoke today to the media, and I asked him something very pointed about the fact that he was able to get that goal coming in. We mentioned Jess had said that, you know, it was a hard drop for him coming out of the lineup uh, on Sunday after starting on Thursday and being somebody who we had labeled as a first choice forward. But he came in, contributed, and he talked about how not only motivated he was to come in off the bench and score, but the kind of trust he had in Christian Latanzio to make that tactical decision for the betterment of the club. Great coach, and I think what he does well is he, you know, he puts a lot of players in, in positions to succeed, and I think that, you know, to me, for example, I didn't start the game against Houston, but I came in and I had, like, two chances to score, and I feel like that's a credit to what, you know, how he does and how he sets players up to, to succeed, and I think that, you know, he's a very stand-up guy. He will say things to your face and just, you know, get on with it. It's like, I like that. Like, we, we, we need that, you know, honesty between the coach and the players. And I feel like maybe tactically the difference, the biggest difference I've seen is, you know, we get numbers in the box and we get players in the box. And, we you know, when we have to go direct, we go direct. And I feel like that's that's been working for us. And I think it's very telling, Will, that he alludes to the fact that Latanzio is a very honest man. And I called it against the Austin game that it was one of 
Chinishiki's least impactful games. And I'm pretty sure Latanzia might have told him after that game, I wasn't too happy with the way that you played. He makes that substitution in terms of dropping him out of the starting lineup. And now you have a very motivated player who appreciates your honesty, appreciates the fact that you're being real with him, tell him what you want to do, comes off, off of that bench into the forward role, which we know he's spoken about wanting to find himself in at times and gets two great opportunities and finds the ball in the back of the net. What I loved was the fact that when he started going on that run, there was no doubt revenge was on his mind. I remember mm -hmm. making a comment very clearly about his reaction after the miss. He had no idea how he had missed it. And as soon as he got the ball at his feet, he wanted to make up for that. And you want players that have that attitude, that feel bad when they let the team down, feel bad that they haven't given it enough for the fans. And what do they do? They make up for it. These are the players that just get fans, you know, to love them even more. And I think that's why he's becoming such a crowd favorite so quickly into his Charlotte FC tenure. It's definitely a favorite of ours uh, and somebody who was favorite of a lot of people's for Charlotte FC when he signed on for the first time uh, as the first player is Sergio Ruiz. We're going to talk plenty, by the way, on the Nashville contest. Tony Husband's going to join us later from the Nashville television crew. We're also going to talk to a member of Charlotte FC's unified team that made their debut at Bank of America Stadium late last week and got a victory over Atlanta United, which we're very happy about. But a chance to talk with Sergio Ruiz, Charlotte FC's first ever signing. He started on Sunday. I thought he was the man of the match. And here's how he saw things on the pitch when he joins us here on Crown Corner. It is time on Crown Quarter to go inside the training ground, and we go inside the training ground with one of the first players, in fact, the first player to sign with Charlotte FC. It's Sergio Ruiz. He had a big role in Sunday's victory over the Houston Dynamo. He joins us here on Crown Corner. Sergio, welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Happy to be here with you. So you guys got the big victory on Sunday against Houston. What do you think was the biggest key for the way you guys looked in that match against the Dynamo two days ago? Um, maybe we play like a block, like a great team when uh, we were attacking and defending together. Um, we take advantage of our chances and we have to be able to score a goal. Um, just defend and for, uh, for, for us. This is the way we, we want, and finally we achieve our uh, first win away. I think one thing we noticed on the broadcast, and a lot of the fans have mentioned, is that relationship in the match between you and Brant Bronico. How important do you think it is that you two had that understanding of each other when one goes forward, one sits? Is that a really important partnership for you, Sergio? Yeah, for sure. Um, we have to know between us, um, just to know how he played, uh, how uh, he moved. So, yeah, it's important. Bran is a great player and he understands very good uh, the uh, soccer. So, yeah, it's good. I know that Chris Latanzio has mentioned this. He's wanted more tandem defending or you guys defending together. How hard is it to maintain wanting to defend but also wanting to have a presence to go forward and showcase your offensive prowess? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, in the beginning of the game, we pressed very good and we create some chances. Um, yeah, we scored the goal and then uh, it's normal to, to the other team who, who press us, who try to score, to tie the, the game. Um, we defend uh, very good. We defend uh, together. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's hard because we don't have the, the, the ball and you have to be uh, concentrated about just defend. But uh, in that moment, is we have to do that and that that's, uh, was uh, good. One thing we've noticed under Latanzio is an increased press when you don't have the ball, that urgency to get someone stepping to the ball. How much of a role do you think that has had in your success against recent opponents? Yeah, uh, it, we, we try to, to, to play as high as possible, uh, try to be close over uh, the, against a goal, try to recover the ball and attack uh, forward. Um, I think we worked great the last game. We got a good performance. Um, that's it. Uh, try to be together to recover the ball, try to, to find uh, the attacking people. 
um, great chances. Sergio Ruiz joining us here, Charlotte FC's first ever signing. And, you know, so, as somebody who was the first man to, to sign up with this club, it's been a ride over the course of your time associated with this club. What has it been like for you to go through all the ups and downs? Uh, obviously, you had the coaching change earlier in the year and and obviously a lot of the stuff personally. But but what what has this all kind of been like for you since you joined the club and now all the way through your first professional season with Charlotte FC and MLS? Yeah, it's a long time before uh, I signed my, my contract here. Um, I don't know, one and a half year. So yeah, I try to follow all the new news about Charlotte this one and a half year. Um, it was great. Uh, people who, who is coming here, uh, all the club, all the staff, uh, the fans. I know uh, we are, I don't know, 30,000 people each game at home is incredible for over the first uh, uh, season. Um, yeah, we have all the support from the people uh, we are working in the uh, in the same uh, way. Um, I think this is the the key to to success um, to keep growing uh, during the season. You obviously came up through the ranks in the Spanish leagues. What do you think some of the biggest differences between how you played back home in Spain versus moving to MLS and the American game has been? Yeah, maybe um, here the league is more physical. I think. Um, all the teams are uh, strong, uh, have good players, and uh, the rent of the game is high, so you have to run a lot. Uh, maybe in Spain it's like a more uh, possession game where people try to combine and uh, to keep the ball more time uh, than here because here is all the time running, go on back, go on back, and it's uh, really hard if, if you are not prepared physically. It's hard and um, yeah, I am adapting to this league. Um, I think that for my character, it will be a good lead for me. But uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to, to adapt. And also how difficult just because of the fact that uh, the one thing I think we hear from a lot of first year MLS players is, is you don't have a lot of time to react, especially when you're on the ball. It seems like there's always a defender that presses right up against you when a lot of times in either Europe or South America, you'll have more time to react. How difficult was that adjustment point? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you don't have time to, to think. Um, you have to react uh, quickly and uh, try to, to play uh, as fast as you can. Um, yeah, you have to adapt this ring, you have to adapt to the uh, league um, if you want uh, to have success and win uh, games you have to, to do this I think you alluded to the fact that your skill set is effective and compatible with MLS what do you think some of the strengths of your style as a soccer player are here? Um, I like to, to keep the ball to have the possession of the ball and try to combine with my teammates. Um, I think that in this league, we, we are trying to play better, trying to to combine. Um, for me, for my characteristics, it's uh, good. Um, yeah, I have to improve other parts of their skills of mine, but uh, I'm really happy in this league and yeah. I want to go back to a couple of games ago at home. You helped set up the first MLS goal for Derek Jones. Uh, some great work that was done by Daniel Rios in the corner. Uh, what was so special about that moment? Because I feel like we saw the entire team come over to DJ and have that celebration. And uh, and you were a big part of that as well. That almost seemed like one of the first real like huge team celebrations with all you guys. They're celebrating that goal for DJ. Yeah, it was so important for us this uh, game because it was the Christian Latanzo fair games and we have uh, changed our coach, so always is difficult and hard to to start with a new coach. Um, yeah, it uh, was the last minutes and we are just winning one uh, zero. So it's the, the the goal to to finish the game, to be together, to achieve a, a win. Um, all the fans were were so excited, and uh, all the team. Um, yeah, it, it was incredible. 
We're back at home this weekend, obviously. How incredible is this fan base at Bank of America Stadium? Have you ever experienced anything, obviously, like the first match that was a complete sellout, a record-breaking audience, but also the consistency of the 30,000-plus fans that come to every home game? Yeah, it's amazing because we are a new club and, uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, new fans that are supporting us uh, each single game. Um the results are here and you can see that uh, at home we are uh, strong, we are improving and um, they help us a lot. Um, yeah, uh, after the, the last win, we have we want to win again and to, to achieve uh, two wins in a row finally and this is the, the way we want. In terms of the way that, that you've kind of gone through this season, uh, you mentioned the, the coaching change with Christian Latanzio coming in. Uh, one of the things that he mentioned was the special relationship that he has taken on with certain players, not just with video, but also with, you know, extra work on the pitch. What has been your relationship with Christian Latanzio, both uh, during training, outside of training? What has he done to try and help form your game into what you want it to be? Yeah, uh, Christian is a close person. He's all the time trying to improve each uh, player. Um, he's all the time talking with us about our strengths, or where we have to improve this this part of the game, uh, and try to to do the best of uh, each player. Um, then he's a funny guy, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, we try we try to 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 meet uh, like um, inside the pitch and outside the pitch. This relationship is very good. Um, I think he's working very hard. Uh, all the staff is working very hard to help us to achieve uh, victories. Um, for me, it's the key. Try to to speak with the players, try to help them to improve because we have to improve individually for them to uh, be uh, a better team. Um, yeah, it's... Christian in, in this uh, part is very intelligent coach and try to, to do the best for us. We like to talk a lot of soccer on Crown Corner, but we also like to have a little bit of fun. We noticed in the background behind you in the players' lounge that Anton Walks was having a bit of a game of FIFA. He, on this show, claimed that he is the champion of FIFA. Have you had an opportunity to play him yet at that game? Uh, no, I don't like really to play PlayStation, but uh, yeah. Here, there are some good players. They are training, training hard here in the PlayStation. Uh, yeah, it's funny moments here all together. Um, it's our way to relationship between us um, after the, the training. Um, yeah, the, the, the environment here is so healthy. And I think that is, uh, it's great for the team to to be together uh, inside the, the locker room. We, we saw the moments uh, after the Houston victory inside the locker room, all the pictures and all the guys together. You know, I, I understand that you don't really like to talk about things like how much you hadn't, you know, won a game on the road, but, but how important was that to get that, you know, proverbial monkey off the back? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's amazing because uh, all the staff, all the people who who work with uh, with us, were uh, very happy with the victory. And it's uh, it's part of the of the game. It's part of the victory. All, all the people who are working with us, physios, uh, press, uh, I don't know. It's part of the of the of the, of the victory. I mean, we need all the people to be together, uh, not just uh, the players. Um, I think all the all the club, all the club, sorry, and Thomas, uh, I don't know. Everyone uh, was happy because uh, it was a, a very difficult win. Um, our first win in the history, just uh, night games. Uh, so it's uh, really hard to achieve this, and it's so important for for the club and for the for the confidence of the of the team. In terms of not just you, but also just being a, uh, a first-time father, 
What has that adjustment been like? I know we've we asked you about it before, but how not only is Lucas, but how are you adjusting to fatherhood? At the same time, I'm happy and I'm so tired because, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Uh, he has uh, his uh, three months. Um, yeah, uh, in the night, he, he doesn't sleep anything. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he starts to, to smile and he's like, yeah, sometimes I, I don't want you because you are killing me. But then he smiles and he's like, oh, I love you. It gets but, easier, I promise. It gets easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's an amazing experience. Uh, my family are really happy here. We are living an experience, a brutal experience, a great experience. Um, I feel all the support from the, from the club or some friends. Um, it's easier to to go ahead and to to enjoy this this moment. Well, we certainly support you. We've been very happy to see the way you've played so far, and we will continue to support you throughout your Charlotte FC career and beyond. Thank you so much for the time, Sergio, and uh, hope to see you on the pitch on Saturday and bring home three points against Nashville. That is Charlotte FC's Sergio Ruiz. Great stuff from him. Uh, great to see that he's adjusting well to fatherhood. Um, I'm holding it off. I promise. I'm holding it off. <laughs> Look, I just love his smile and his honesty. And those are the kind of things that you gravitate towards honest players. And he he was honest. It hasn't been an easy ride for him. There's been a bit mm -hmm. of a roller coaster. But for the first time this weekend, I feel like we saw the consistent Sergio Ruiz. And we saw the true amount of talent that he can have, particularly if he gets regular minutes with a regular midfield. Very much looked like himself, uh, as you put it on the broadcast. We saw Nasty Sergio, and we needed to see it against the very physical Houston Dynamo team. Uh, we'll need to see him again on Saturday as Nashville comes in as a pretty tough customer. Uh, we talked about needing the opportunity to have a run going forward. It will not be easy against Nashville SC this weekend. Tony Husband from their television team joins us to break them down as that is our next opponent this weekend at Bank of America Stadium. Here on Crown Corner, we'll do a little opposition research, and we go into somebody who's got a very large background in the soccer world, not just here domestically, but across the pond as well, Tony Husband, who covers Asheville SC for their television side. He joins us here on Crown Corner. Tony, uh, pleasure to have you uh, make our acquaintance, and it's a pleasure to make yours as well. It's great to be on with you both. Uh, enjoy listening to the coverage. Uh, it's been really great to follow Charlotte's first year in MLS. Been quite eventful, um, but uh, you know, a roller coaster ride that uh, looks like it's on a pretty good upturn at the moment as well. It's it's interesting for us because I think for a lot of our at least season, you know, we're still trying to get our our feet wet with MLS and obviously with everything going on. As as a side that is you know only a couple of years old. I know that it gets better, but but what has it been like kind of watching this Nashville side through a lot of the different things they've had to go through, not just with the COVID year, but obviously uh, the different and unique struggles of being an inaugural and uh, in the first infancy years side? Well, you know the challenges of being an expansion club in, in Major League Soccer. You know, this is a tough, tough way to enter the league, whatever the, the world circumstances might be. I mean, in Nashville's case, obviously, Events outside of the soccer field really uh, had a big impact uh, on their debut year in Major League Soccer. Just a, a week or so after kickoff, a few days after the kickoff, there was the dreadful tornado in the city. Uh, then they played their second game in Portland against the backdrop of that. And then after that second match, the world was effectively shut down. The league shut down. They didn't play another match for five months due to the, the COVID pandemic. Um, obstacles were thrown in their way from outside in that first season. Of course, they didn't play in MLS's back, uh, even though they went to Florida for the tournament. So they battled against extraordinary adversity, an adversity you just could not see coming. Uh, and yet they made it through to the semifinals of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference that year. And actually, we're hitting a really good spot. You know, I, I don't think they were a million miles away from being uh, very, very close to actually claiming it all in a most unpredictable year in 2020. Uh, the evolution continued in 2021. But I think the, the club's had a bit of a kind of uh, relaunch in 2022. What with the new stadium opening at Jodis Park at the beginning of May, a fantastic home venue now. 
And uh, you, you will know from, from Charlotte's home base there, which although shared with football, is very much the home stadium. And you see it as a home stadium for Charlotte FC. That once you have your own base, uh, it's a great launch pad for any club. So Charlotte FC fans will obviously be wondering, what are the strengths of this Nashville side this season? Where do you think they can really hurt Charlotte FC if they come to play on Saturday? Well, first off, Nashville have been very strong away. They played a lot of games away from home to start the season while they waited for Jody's Park to be completed. Uh, they've racked up five wins already on the road this season. I think they are, without a doubt, one of the best teams when they travel in MLS. Uh, they've got very used to doing it. They finished last season with a lot of road games as well. Uh, this team is well set up uh, to soak up pressure and to hit teams on the counter, and they can be quite deadly at that. If you look at their last few away games, they're coming into this one, having won in the, the US Open Cup in Louisville, having won in Colorado, having won in DC, where they scored three goals on each occasion. And they went out of the US Open Cup in Orlando, but actually played very well uh, and were only beaten in a penalty shootout. So the obvious names are going to be the ones to look out for. Hani Mukhtar is an MVP candidate. I think if he continues like this, the guy who finished runner-up runner up last year in that category, uh, I think he's almost certainly going to, to claim the MVP the way things are going if he maintains this form. And his partnership with CJ Sapong is one to look out for as well. Uh, they really combine well up front. They're a lethal pair, and they're the ones that Charlotte are going to have to keep quiet. You mentioned Mukhtar, and uh, it's very easy to see just the technical aspects of his game. Uh, no two attacking players are equal. What makes Mukhtar so special and makes him so dangerous? He's a class finisher. He's, he's got star quality. And sometimes you know that when a, when a player has star quality, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly why. But there's an aura and an air about Mukhtar uh, when he has a taste of the game. And you can see it in him. You can just smell it in the air. He's performed outstandingly well for Nashville into this second season. Uh, he can produce and change a game. He can affect a game. Uh, and that's what you want from, from a player. He's not an out-and-out -out striker. Uh, he can drop deeper. And then he can make a difference and influence things from the middle of the field. Uh, you don't want him to be running at you. You, don't want, you want to look out for those stepovers and the drops of the shoulder. Uh, and he's a clinical finisher, whether it be from a dead ball situation or indeed just in the run of play. Indeed, we saw him score at the weekend, his ninth goal of the season in MLS. He has three in the uh, US Open Cup as well. Uh, he's a man in fine form, very settled, signed a long-term contract extension as well here in Nashville, uh, enjoying his soccer and certainly uh, you know, a player that the Charlotte fans, I'm sure, will enjoy watching, but in hope that uh, he won't <laughs> be too influential against you. Now, Tony, I know you've mentioned to me that you've followed a little bit of Charlotte FC this season. From the outside in, what have you enjoyed about this side in their first season in MLS? I like watching Charlotte play, I must say. I mean, I know that obviously it's been an eventful time. I think sometimes teams get tagged with a kind of pre-season uh, narrative and it can be difficult to shake that. And, you know, we all know, you know, Miguel Aguil, um, uh, Ramirez's comments, you know, before the season and, and how far and wide they went about, you know, just where Charlotte were. I remember Nashville played Charlotte in a, in a preseason game as well. And I think the general feeling after that game was, you know, that, that Charlotte had a lot of work to do to get ready for this season. Uh, at the stage that the two sides met in preseason, they seemed some way off. But they made up time and they made up ground. And the one thing I would say that's been similar with, with Nashville um, because I wouldn't say there's been too much else similar in the way that these teams' expansion seasons went, um, is that you've been strong at home. You've got a very, very good foundation at home. I think it's six wins now uh, at home. And, and if you can have a strong home record, then that can give you a, a chance to push for playoffs and things like that at the end of the season. Um, I like watching the likes of Ben Bender. I think he was a good choice to bring in the club. Um, I used to watch Christian Fuchs play a lot in the UK, so he brings experience. Anton Walks as well. I know has been uh, has come into the side and sits in that central defensive position, got a lot of experience in MLS and, of course, playing over uh, in England as well. And, you know, Swiderski looks class, no doubt about it. You know, this is a guy who scores goals at a very high level and can make a difference. And it's also, from a Nashville perspective, been nice to see Derek Jones get some game time and Daniel Rios, who was a, a real favourite over here. Uh, obviously, from the standpoint of the, the world soccer game, uh, all eyes will be on the, the U.S. men's national team in England on uh, Black Friday. I know that you guys will obviously also feel, feel that way as well, but someone who will probably feature in that game is Walker Zimmerman, who also is a part of the Nashville side. What can uh, not just 
uh, MLS fans alike, but also U.S. men's national team fans look at when they see the kind of form that Zimmerman's playing in right now for Nashville? I think we've seen somebody who's really grown. I mean, he's a you know MLS veteran now, over 200 games in the league. But I think the Walker Zimmerman that has matured in Nashville is a different type of player to the player that arrived. He has grown immensely. He's an absolute leader. He's fantastic in the air. Uh, and he is a player that, you know, Gary Smith has acknowledged, you know, when he's not on the field for Nashville, they're not the same team. Um, this is a guy who has come a long way as well on, on the national scene. You know, he wasn't even selected in the original October camp by Greg Berhalter last year. Remember that. And yet then he actually got called up due to injuries. He's now looking like a, you know, leadership and captain material for this team uh, at the World Cup. And everyone is talking about, well, who's going to play alongside Zimmerman? It's not a question of what the, the, the back pairing could be if he goes with a four at the back. It's who plays next to Zimmerman. Um, great, great player. Very dangerous from set pieces. So look out for that this weekend and just, uh, you know, a superb team guy and somebody who has made Nashville a lot, lot better. Will alluded to the fact that you've called games in England at the highest level of the sport over there. What do you think makes MLS special compared to the other leagues that you've commentated on in the past? Well, it's definitely different, isn't it, Jess? And, you know, your perspective on this must be fascinating as well. Um, I find it a, a wonderful league. It's and I love the, the, you know, the, there are individual aspects to this league that really no other league is like. You know, the way that rosters are put together, uh, some of the rules when it comes to putting a team into this league, you know, are incomparable with any other league in the world. And other aspects as well. I don't think until you've done it, you can really appreciate the size of this country, where the teams are, the traveling you have to do. Um, you know, that makes this league very different to anything else. I mean, we have seen Nashville play in the Western Conference this season. Some of the road trips we've gone on, you know, huge, going thousands of miles to play regular season games. It's like if you're in Europe playing permanently in the Europa League or the Champions League every week. Um, so that makes this league different. I also think, obviously, the season being played over a different uh, period of the calendar year also is a factor. You know, you get games played through the summer months. You know, it's really hot here in Nashville right now and I know it will be pretty hot in Charlotte as well um, and you go further south down into Florida you know where the humidity plays such a big part uh, in in the games that are played um, it, it's very difficult to compare it with with other leagues um, but I think it turns out some wonderful moments you know you and get how some, do you think, some great Tony, moments. the respect how do you think the respect has grown for MLS across the pond as well is the fan base in England growing are more people respecting the league in MLS than maybe 10 years ago when it was just tagged as that retirement league yes that's right I think it is uh, I think it's definitely grown and matured I think there are so many more eyeballs not just from fans but also from the professional side of the game over in Europe uh, and, and in the UK that are on MLS now I mean we're seeing really a, a very well-connected pipeline from MLS uh, with a lot of American players in particular, you know, going across to the likes of Germany and uh, moves into England as well this, this summer. And the respect is growing all the time for the league. Uh, it has a very, very big place, a growing place, I think, now, you know, in the football market. Um, and I think the future looks very bright, doesn't it, you know, for this league? It's a young league, though. That's the thing I would always caution, you know, people... You, you can't run till you can walk. You know, this is 27 years. A lot of these leagues over in Europe and the rest of the world have been going for over a century. You know, MLS has got to continue to just working its way, you know, into the football conversation. It's doing it very well, uh, but still from a young age. And even the Premier League had about, a, like you said, a 100-year head start, even though it, uh, it still very much was in its infancy there in the 90s. But uh, I did want to at least ask you one more on, on the game on Saturday. What's a barometer you're looking at that could swing the game either way, either Nashville's way or Charlotte's way coming up on Saturday? I'm going to be interested to see how Nashville respond against it. You know, what was ultimately in the end a disappointing result for them against Portland at home. You know, they were two up and cruising in that game. You can't legislate for the kind of mistake, unfortunately, that kind of let Portland back into the game and they ended the match with momentum. Um, Nashville are making up some of the points they're dropping at home right now by performing very well on the road. They have the mentality. As I mentioned earlier, at times they're well suited uh, to playing on the road. So I think the first 10, 15 minutes will be very interesting. If Nashville start the way they did in Colorado and in D.C., where they certainly in Colorado put the game to bed inside 20 minutes. And in D.C., they made such a good start. You, you already felt that you know, they were looking good for three points. 
if they can start well against Charlotte, you know, I'll be confident again that they can go on the road and get points because uh, this team is dangerous and they've got a player in Mukhtar who is in this absolute prime form right now. So hopefully it's going to be a really good game between both teams uh, and Nashville will go there confident. Tony Husband from the Nashville television team. We appreciate the time. Uh, good luck rest of the way uh, down the stretch. Just uh, uh, obviously we'll have our, our luck reserved for ourselves on Saturday. Appreciate the time. And the same applies to you too. Thanks for talking to us. Always great to get Tony Husband's perspective on things, not just globally, but also uh, with this contest this weekend, which there are still upper-level tickets remaining for this contest. It is Americana night at Bank of America Stadium. You can get in for as little as $20 in the building on Saturday night. So uh, we want to be able to pack the bank and get an opportunity to get uh, one of the biggest crowds we've had here in Charlotte since the home opener, which had, as we know, more than 74,000. It's a game, uh, Jess, that I feel like, you know, Charlotte FC comes in with some pretty great defensive confidence after what they did to Driussi of Austin, what they did to Sebastian Ferreira of Houston. They held down two pretty strong Western Conference attacking players. They'll have their hands full with another one in Hani Mukhtar on Saturday night. Yeah, definitely. But at the end of the day, I think that you just have to continue playing the way that you've been doing over these last two matches. You've been able to silence some very good forwards with your organization and your communication and your style of play. And I'm expecting to see that same press go in. Nashville's a side that likes to try and disrupt themselves. They want to try and stop you playing the way that you want to play. It's important that while we're at home at the Bank of America Stadium, we don't allow a team to walk into our stadium and do that to us. And I also wonder, too, I don't want to say a loss helps you, but you know, a lot of times I feel like when you suffer a loss at home, that, that gets your guard up a little bit more. And, you know, sometimes you might feel a little bit of complacency at home because of the way this team has had, uh, at least in its home form. I think th they will be more on their P's and Q's against Nashville after what happened uh, last Thursday against Austin. I think it's a motivating factor. You don't want to be embarrassed at home. You know, it's very important in front of your crowd that you give them that win. You want to turn the Bank of American Stadium into a fortress and that's what we're going to try and do and like you mentioned will with the extra seats open that's going to be an even better environment on a saturday night so i think it's really important that we go out there and we're motivated we don't get complacent like you say but i definitely don't think that's something that tantio is going to allow and i'm expecting to see more of what we saw at houston in terms of that proactiveness with changes as well Definitely looking forward to that post-match light show. Should be a lot of fun on the pitch on Saturday, and hopefully it's a victorious light show as well. Uh, after the game last Thursday, though, we had a chance to see something really special. Charlotte FC's unified team, players with and without intellectual disabilities, uh, took the field for the first time as a unit and played in a contest against Atlanta United, got themselves a big victory. We talked with a member of Charlotte FC's unified team, Tim Gershio, next on Crown Corner. Well, the other night with Charlotte FC's last home game against Austin FC, we had an opportunity to see Charlotte FC's unified team on the pitch get a big victory over Atlanta United. And we thank those of you in the fan base who stayed after the Austin game and watched our boys prepare and, uh, and girls as well. It was fantastic to see. And Tim Gershio plays on Charlotte FC's unified team that connects players not just of with and without intellectual disabilities. Fantastic stuff to see them on the pitch. And Tim joins us on Crown Corner. Tim, congratulations on the victory, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. We had a great time and happy to represent Charlotte with the win. What was it like to be there on the big pitch on uh, Thursday night to, to see not just the fan base, but also to be out there on uh, the Bank of America Stadium pitch in a game like that? Yeah, it was really amazing for all of us, uh, players, coaches, and the staff all together. We've been training since maybe middle of April or May, training uh, once a week or so and getting everything together to finally um, play at the Bank of America Stadium and, you know, do a good job, so... Can you describe to us in a little bit more depth? I know Will touched on it, what the unified team is about, but from your understanding, what is this unified team for Charlotte FC all about encapsulating? Uh, it's really just about the love of soccer and us all coming together around soccer and being a part of Charlotte FC. But more in depth, we have a mix of special Olympians or people with disabilities and a mix of people that's 
just play soccer, whether on uh, whatever level it may be. Uh, so we just come together and represent Charlotte FC, and we get to play other teams with unified teams as well. So it's been amazing. What has been your involvement like when you first saw this idea brought forth and and, and what made you want to be a part of this team? I think I uh, I saw it on Facebook somewhere and I was like, wow, this looks awesome. And I worked with special Olympic kids before. So, um, and I wanted to be a part of Charlotte being that I love soccer and I'm in Charlotte and I have time. So I said, this would be a fun little thing to do. And one thing led to another, we had tryouts and, um, you know, all that stuff. So it was all really awesome leading up to the point and uh, it's been a journey. Will spoke about how many fans stayed back. We were on the pitch watching from the sidelines and I think it was amazing how many fans stayed back, were cheering. How much did that mean to you and the other players that so many people on a Thursday night spent their time staying, you know, past bedtime to support the team? Yeah, it was amazing. We didn't know really what to expect. I had no expectations going into it. I was just excited to play soccer like I usually do and kind of have all kind of just have this uh, masterpiece as we've been trying to get everything together and um, like a big grand play. And we finally we were able to play and the fans made it even better. And uh, we did like we said, we didn't know who or how many were going to show up, but we were just ready to play and represent Charlotte and just have a great time around soccer. The great thing that I always see when, whenever working with Special Olympics, and I know you said you had some of that uh, in the past with your experience as, as a Vi, and you know, I, I always love seeing the purity of, of the game and just the, the great enthusiasm. How much and, and how gratifying is that to see when you see these athletes competing out there and, and doing so on the, on the same, same playing field that, uh, that our heroes on the first team do as well? I, I used to I'm used to organize soccer and playing at a high level. I played pro and for the Mongolian national team. So things were so just normal for me. But to some of these Olympians, you know, some of them were texting us, hey, do we bring water bottles? Do we you know, what do we bring? And it's like, no, you know, I know you don't bring your own stuff, but they had no clue. And it's just been really awesome to be able to witness that with them and like help them with even the littlest things. Obviously, Tim, you talked about being a fan of Charlotte FC. The win came over Atlanta United, a 3-1, very convincing victory, I might add, for Charlotte FC. Do you think there was an added bit of pride for you and the fan base that that win came over Atlanta United? Oh, yeah. We're, we're me and some of my friends, or I guess we were all just discussing it before. It's like, hey, as a as a partner of these special Olympians, our job is to help assist them in any way. So there might be, we don't, this is our inaugural game and we never had anything like this. So we didn't know like what kind of energy and what kind of effort we need to bring. But we knew at the end of the day, Hey, like this is our first game. This is in Charlotte. We got to do what we can to, I guess, win. And I know um, that's not about, that's not necessarily what unified team is about winning, but we just, we, yeah, we decided we're going to step it up if we need to. It def definitely is an added bonus. Uh, who, who are some of your favorite teammates, Tim, uh, among the, the special Olympians or former special Olympians and those who are on your team with you? Yeah, me and Skyler, we are captains for the game and we're also, we are invited to go to the MLS uh, All-Star Games in Minneapolis. So he's an, amazing, he's an amazing friend and a teammate. I actually invited him out to our semi-pro team practice and gave him a shirt and everything. And I know that may seem, you know, inconspicuous in to some, but it, was, uh, it means a lot to him and, and his family. So, I mean, that's, that's great in itself. But there's so many great players on the team, and it's just been a surprise. And I got I to gotta shout out my best friend, Jonathan. He's not a special 
Olympian, but we've been playing soccer together in the Charlotte area for years now. And to get to play with them again, represent Charlotte, it's a dream come true. So we saw on social media that you guys prepared for this match against the Charlotte FC staff team, a good friend of ours. Woody Wilder was in that team and there were a couple of glorious photos of him in action. How did the staff team fare against you guys and were you, uh, did you go all out on the staff team or were you a little gentle with them? Yeah, we, we huddled together before the game and we talked and said, hey guys, this is probably going to be one of the better teams we'll ever face, uh, we'll ever go up against. But let's just try to play like how we're going to play tomorrow and People were a little antsy and, you know, it's their first time doing a big real match or I guess close to a real match. And we had to remind them, hey, guys, remember, just relax, play your game, look up and find the pass that you want to pass to just like any other practice. And we were able to use what we learned from the staff uh, game to our Charlotte FC game, which showed its uh, class on the field. Tim, I remember that first training session and first announcement, seeing all the members of the first team that were there to see you guys. What did it mean to you to have so much of a representation of the first team out there to support you guys in your first training session on the Bank of America Stadium pitch way back before their season started? Yeah, again, for us, it's our first year. And for me, it's our first year first experience and we didn't know what to what to expect so when we had our signing day and had our practice at Bank of America Stadium it was far exceeded probably any of our expectations and I thank Charlotte FC for that it was just amazing and couldn't ask for anything more and I hope more people get to experience it and uh, have more awareness of what's going on. And lastly, Tim, uh, where can folks uh, go to learn not only more about you, but when we can see you again on the pitch? In terms of me, I'm Tim Gershio. So just you can look that up. And then in terms of our in terms of our practice, there isn't much or I guess in terms of the unified team, there isn't too much on that other than the Charlotte FC website. And occasionally I'll post things on there. We do like vlogs every week. So. That's fun and just try to make the best of it, not only for us, but make a great experience for uh, the Olympians as well. Well, it's been a lot of fun watching this develop. Uh, it was great to see it all kind of come together the other night. Uh, congratulations on the victory. Continued great success and uh, keep smiling, man. We love seeing you guys out there on the pitch. Yeah, it's been awesome. For the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tim Gershio from the Charlotte FC Unified team. I uh, hope we get to see those guys on the pitch again here after a, a Charlotte FC contest. And uh, I have to say, uh, th that was so much fun watching them. I know, I know that the loss against Austin stung, but uh, it put a smile on my face to see those guys get the victory against Atlanta on Thursday. Definitely. And I think one of the biggest things as well was even though that the first team had lost, it was amazing how many people stood around and it showed what it meant to them and seeing guys and girls out there battling and having an amazing competition against Atlanta United. And like Tim said, it's not all about winning, but when you win against Atlanta United and it was pretty obvious they were trying to compete out there. It wasn't just for fun. Definitely not. Uh, Charlotte FC on Saturday hosting Nashville SC. Should be an interesting contest, Jess. I know we talked about it earlier, but uh, we keep on talking about how important that run is and it's needed for Charlotte FC. Uh, this is a very pivotal point in that because I do feel like with, you know, the matchup against Miami upcoming, Toronto upcoming, there are some winnable contests in this stretch, but I think it, it all has to start here with this one coming up on Saturday. Yeah, every game is important. At the end of the day, you can't get ahead of yourself looking too far down the schedule at what's winnable and what's not. Every time you play at home, you have to believe that the match is winnable, particularly when you have the amazing fan base that we do. You're coming off your first away win in club history. That should be a big motivating factor. And there's a lot of players that performed out of their skin last week who will be looking to try and prove themselves even more that they belong in this team.
I'm wondering, too, how Latanzio handles things, uh, whether he goes with the same starting 11. He's done that on occasion, and it hasn't worked out. I'm wondering if he does uh, shake things up a bit based on fitness, based on the training this week. Uh, I know he talks about wanting to create competition. Uh, I'm wondering how that looks on the pitch with the starting 11 against Nashville. And at this point, I have no idea. I wasn't expecting to see the lineup we saw in Houston, and Latanzio made some good changes, some good decisions. So we'll see when that lineup's released. But I think what the biggest thing is that we know that we have squad depth, we have ability in multiple positions, and we do starting to have that competition. So I trust whoever he puts out there, and I'm hoping that we see good substitutions as well. Yeah, it's it's going to be going to be very very interesting to see how this uh, this weaves into uh, the rest of the MLS schedule. Don't forget, Charlotte FC has got a couple of big dates upcoming. Not just Saturday with Americana Night, but also two weeks from tonight. I'm still getting excited for this one. Chelsea FC going to be at Bank of America Stadium two weeks from tonight. It's still hard to believe that the former European champions Jess are going to be here at Bank of America Stadium and see our boys on the same pitch. It's, it's. I know a lot of teams get these types of opportunities where they get the friendlies with you know the European teams against the European teams, but to get this kind of opportunity is a very very special one here uh, coming up in two weeks. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I'm sure the bank will be rocking, and we're delighted that we get the opportunity to call it as well. It'll be very, very great to hear you guys out there on the pitch on uh, July the 20th. Hope we also are there on the 9th as well. We'll be on the air on WFNZ and the Charlotte FC Radio Network at 6.30 for a 7 p.m. first kick. Don't forget, post-match light show. Tickets at $20 to get into the Upper Bowl at Bank of America Stadium. For Matt Hogan and for Jess Charman, I'm Will Pelagic saying thank you so much for listening and watching to Crown Corner. We'll talk to you on Saturday from the bank.